Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the opening weekend show, Mountain West Wire, MWCWire.com. Matt Kennerly with myself, Jeremy Moss. We made it. Offseason is over. We have three games, despite ESPN not caring about any games this weekend. Any games. Yeah, what's the deal with that? They must hate South Florida, San Jose State, uh, Colorado State, the Pac-12, BYU, despite them. There's a game on their channel. BYU plays Portland State, but they don't seem to care. We will love them (laughs) twice as much as they hate those teams. Definitely, and we also got um, your tw- your Twitter, your retweet about that on our account at MWCR got a lot of traction today. People seem to like it. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you're talking about what ten different fan bases that are basically being overlooked, including three of our own. It's a little much, don't you think? Exactly. You would think, like, especially I get it's not the huge weekend of games like the official week one, but. They put more effort into the FCS game, like North. It wasn't a North Dakota State, um, Eastern Washington game a couple of years ago that kind of started this thing. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. And they put a lot of press into that. It's like, come on, yes, I get these games on CBS Sports Network, but come on, you got Stanford or Rice on your own network. What's the deal? <sighs> anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Here's the show. Football's here. We got three games this weekend. So that means this show will not be 95 minutes because we don't have a dozen games to talk about. But check us out at Facebook, Mountain West Wire, MWCWire Twitter. If you want to give us a couple bucks on Patreon, that's also backslash MWCWire. We've got a few people there. We have a fantasy football league we have people signed up for, so that'll be exciting. And let's get to this. Since we talked about Facebook, did you hear the news today, Matt? There are half a dozen games on that. Facebook. Now. I'm actually very excited. Same. Uh, it's just, you know, one more tab to keep open on my laptop all Saturday long. Exactly. So it's done by stadium. Do you know if this, I assume they're also doing Twitter game for the Mountain West? Cause they're like trickling these things out. Like the wet bandits in home alone, the amount of water I mean, you would think, games that are but, being released. <laughs> you know, the way that news seems to come out these days, we're like less than three days now from you know, this start of the season and we still don't know what some of these game times are or how they're going to be broadcast. But what can you do? I mean, they will find a way into your eyeballs one way or another. Put it this way, it's a pleasant surprise once you see more games can be watched, right? So the games we have, it's it's a blessing and a curse because if it's on Mm -hmm. Facebook, that means everybody can watch anywhere. However, if you're on Facebook or a streaming game, Particularly with the Mountain West, it has a better deal than, say, like the Sun Belt or even some Conference USA. If you're on this network, it means two things. You're playing the F. I have a rogue video here. Ugh, Sorry. Rogue autoplay video. <laughs> I'm like, what tab is it? What tab is it? But let me get back to what I was saying. If you're on Facebook or whatever the networks, you're typically playing in. FCS team, 
or you're a bad team. And that means um, Utah State's pretty crappy, right? Or perceived to be crappy with I mean, I don't know if that's on the Facebook. 100% true in this instance because, you know, if you were looking for a way to watch the Rio Grande rivalry, you get New Mexico State at New Mexico. We know New Mexico's going to be pretty good this year. And, you know, we, we talked about Utah State in our team preview. You can go ahead and go back mm-hmm. and listen to that before you get hyped up for this weekend. But, you know, they get their game at home against Wyoming, and we know Wyoming's going to be a team to watch at every opportunity, too. Um, you know, obviously some of the other games might be a little rough. You know, Wyoming's probably going to paste Texas State at the end of the month. You know, Utah State at San Jose State, I think, is going to be a pretty decent game. May not be the most exciting game, but I would still expect them to be able to move the ball and score some points against one another. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're an Aztecs fan and you're not sure whether you're going to be able to get to the game two weekends from now, at least now you know you can watch it one way or another. So, I mean, I think you know if you're a fan of these teams, you're happy that you have a way to watch it that's easily accessible and not say CBS Sports Network with its total absence of streaming i should double check see what streaming they actually have but you're right it's like it's yeah it's more football to watch and like for some people like i said like i can't stream cbs sports network nobody can unless you have like uh i think last year i'm gonna check right now to see what it is as we get to these previews here in a second but i think if you had cox and like optimum cable and some random off the wall east coast one you can get it but that's about it but facebook stadium deal which will put games on twitter you're good to go. You can watch all these games. You got the Mountain West Network games that will. They, I'm, I'm betting. Maybe I'm wrong. And I don't know because this is yeah. on Facebook, but this is not a Mountain West because that's the games. And I'm sorry, rambling, but the Mountain West Network games haven't been announced either. And there were those games are on there too at some point. And then there's probably gonna be some games on Twitter. I didn't know Stadium was producing games on Facebook. Is that was it? Were you aware of that? I. I had thought I had heard something about that, but I honestly don't pay that much attention to it. So if it escaped my radar, I wouldn't be surprised. That's okay. I just know they're doing Twitter for sure because they're basically doing 24 hours. Like they have that stadium journey show, whatever, highlight show kind of, the rally, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it's called. Whatever they have an evening, like what, 11 Eastern or 1 Eastern or something late at night. But that's about it. I'm checking right now streaming options really quick for CBS Sports Network. I'll get to that in a moment. But um, any other news? Oh, yeah, we got our countdown. We're doing top 50 countdown. Do we want to lead off with that? We should. One quick note. I found it right here really quick. You can get CBS Sports Network streaming via Cox. Buckeye Broadband's new. Never heard of it. Fubo TV. I've heard of that. That's one we did not discuss. They used to be just like a football-only channel, like for if you want to watch international hmm. soccer. Or international football. But I guess they have, CB, they have CBS as well. Frontier, which is not too decent size. Mediacom, never heard of it. Suddenlink, who are you? Wow. I'm saying exactly as it's as it's written. Wow, wow. with the exclamation point. <laughs> Optimum and, yeah, wow, question mark. You're not excited. Hulu as well and Optimum. So you would, at this day and age, you think if you have a, if you're able to access a channel one way, to be able to access it online. There's that TV Anywhere thing that's supposed to be up and running, I guess, but whatever. Top 50 countdown. We're at number – should we do top top five? Yeah, I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, I believe we will be officially at number three. Don't quote me on that, but we can talk the top five. We'll talk top five. So number five, not Devontae Boyd. 
He's number six, UNLV. Number five, Andrew Wingard, free safety, Wyoming. Preseason defensive player of the year. Might still be a little too low, if you ask me. Where would you where did you rank him at? I I don't have my rankings in front of me. I'm pretty sure I had him fourth. I should have mine in front of me, I don't know, but five. I have no problem with him or David Moa being switched. Because I think nationally, Wingard probably get better, more publicity as well. I mean, I think Moa, though, at number four is you know kind of well-deserving of that spot because he basically came out of nowhere last year to be the conference's best pass rusher. And you know now that he's in a position where he doesn't necessarily have to play nose tackle anymore, if the guys alongside him can stay healthy, like guys like Jabril Frazier and stuff like that, he could have an even bigger year this year, which is kind of hard to imagine. Maybe, or, or I could see him not being as good just because with the they do lose a lot of talent defensively and teams will focus on it. But regardless, here's the thing. If you're a defensive lineman, you either get your name called a lot because you do great like Moa did, or if you don't, it's because you're getting double or triple teamed and another player on your team is opened up to make big plays. So it's a win-win, essentially. Mm-hmm. You're doing your job one way or another. So, so number three, who is that? Number three is San Diego State's Rashad Penny. With him not returning kicks, would that have changed your pick at all if he's, since he's now primarily a running back? I mean, maybe a little bit. I don't know if I would have dropped him any more than one or two spots because I still expect him to probably be the odds-on favorite to lead the conference in rushing anyway. And, you know, even if he doesn't top 2,000 yards like Danell Pumphrey did last year, he's still probably going to be really, really good regardless. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. Like, you could, because he was preseason running back, one of the first, him, him and uh, St. Juice running back for the first team there. And so it it's, he's not going to put up Pumphrey numbers, but if you're a good running back on a team that's that's knowingly going to run the ball, what else are you going to do? It's He's going to be up there. Mm-hmm. So, number two, so we're down to two players left, Josh Allen or Brett Rippon. And I should point it out, and I'll point it out in the article once I post it as well, the two of them were separated by one point. One point. One point. So, number two was, who was it? Number two was Josh Allen. And Boise State gets the credit again for number one because they're Boise State. Is that how it went down? <laughs> I mean, I think it's just a matter of the fact that, you know, Brett Rippon was the freshman of the year two years ago, and he was probably the conference's best quarterback, you know, just looking at the overall numbers last year. You know, he has a little bit better track record than Josh Allen does. And while Josh Allen obviously has the tools that, you know, NFL draft next are already looking forward to, you know, picking nipping at for basically the next year. You know, Brett Rippon's, you know, with you know, the college offense that he's running with the talent around him, I think he's the pretty obvious choice, if I'm being totally honest. I would say with the Brett Rippon stat, he's a better college quarterback. But if you listen to our show with Justin Mello, he thinks he has Josh Allen number one overall. 
next year in the NFL draft. And it's two different they're two different games. Like we discussed the, as well. You watch the college game, NFL game, well it's the same sport. It's really not the same sport because you have New Mexico, Georgia Tech, Army, Navy, Washington State doing what they're doing, Texas Tech. Then you'll have teams like USC and Wyoming and UCLA. All different parts of the game. It's still football, but it's a completely mm-hmm. different game. But and for the for this list, I have no problem with Rippin being number one. He's a better college quarterback, better stats, better numbers for the most part, better completion percentage, which is a big deal. And I think he'll have better numbers than Allen this year, so There we go. Go Brent Rippin, right? Is that how it works? Am I the Boise Homer now again? We're well, everybody should know by now that we're biased against their team. So <laughs> Exactly. So one thing I'm going to throw this on you really quick because we didn't discuss this in our mega preview show. We have bull, I put out bowl projections. There are five bowl tie-ins. I put seven teams going bowling. Is that any chance of happening? I mean, I think that's reasonable if you expect Hawaii to crack 500 again. And, you know, if the mountain basically dominates the West again in interdivision play in a similar fashion to what they did last year... You know, it wouldn't surprise me to see five teams in the mountain finish six and six or better. That's actually, I believe, what my projection has. I went with seven because there's been seven since 2014 mm-hmm. each year, or since 20, yeah, 2014. And even though there's only five bowl tie-ins, I, I my prediction was Frisco Bowl because they've not large bid, and then also take in that Cactus Bowl spot again. I think the only way that doesn't happen again is that if someone from the West surprises and pulls a couple of upsets this year, you know, whether that's, you know, Nevada, who's had, a, you know, some pockets of, you know, optimism that I don't necessarily share, but, you know, there are some people out there who think that they could easily rebound to six and six, or whether that's, you know, UNLV, who may not have a great defense, but can score enough points to win six games. To me, those are probably. I am officially. I'm officially being quiet on UNLV because apparently I hate them. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, if one of those two teams, I think, if they can sneak to, you know, even five wins apiece, you know, that could take away from, you know, a team like Air Force or New Mexico or, you know, at least in my opinion, Wyoming from you know, getting to six or seven wins, but we'll see how that shakes out. Remember my, one of my kind of bold predictions, no bowl game for Wyoming. He said it, not me. I did predict them for what it's worth. Here's what I had for the bowl projections. Okay. And I will do these every week because they'll change and I'll probably do them even after this opening week. Cause there's three mountain West teams and South Florida is a pretty big opponent and a team that mountain West will be chasing. I went with, uh, everybody knows I like the Rams win the league, so I put CSU versus UCLA in the Las Vegas Bowl. Mm-hmm. So you got Nick Stevens, Josh Rosen matchup. That should be pretty interesting. Then I put San Diego State versus Ohio in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl for versus Mac number two. If Ohio is Mac number two, that should always be a good matchup. And then for the New Mexico Bowl, I love this matchup. It's kind of me putting it there because it could happen, and I think it'd be a, a vastly underrated game. Boise State taking on Middle Tennessee State. That would be a game I would watch. I'm a Brent Stock still fan. That's why I ranked them 25th in my super early preseason poll 
back in January. And then Hawaii Bowl, Hawaii versus Temple. Sure. Um, Air Force versus Idaho in the uh, Arizona Bowl. Can I just add that Air Force would probably hate going to the Arizona Bowl again? Did they go there last year? They went. Yeah, they did. Oh, maybe that. Maybe I should switch it up. It's it's preseason. Give me a break. Well, you. I mean, you, Frisco Bowl. I was going to say because oh, I remember the Air Force fans felt slighted being you know a nine win team going into the bowl game and being stuck with you know the the <laughs> the bowl game that didn't have a TV deal last year. Hey, it's on CBS Sports Network this year, folks. That's true. And apparently, there's a is there a press conference tomorrow on this? I guess on Thursday for the bowl game. Uh, all it says is you know if you're not following the Arizona Bowl on Twitter at Nova AZ Bowl, it just says that they're having a press conference to discuss everything coming up for this year's edition. So tune into that. So we do know it's on CBS Sports okay. Network. Next. Next up, we have really, and I think it'd be an interesting matchup. And then I think I may have made an error on this one: um, New Mexico versus Tulsa in the Frisco Bowl. Does New Mexico play Tulsa this yes, year already? They do. Dang it! Well, rematches can happen, right? They're not that no, they happen overly rare, are they? I'll have to make an adjustment. I did have, for what it's worth, I did have Tulsa versus Hawaii. In the Hawaii Bowl, maybe I could switch those up. Maybe Temple versus New Mexico. Because they're both American teams. Alright. So that's a possibility. And then the Cactus Bowl, Wyoming versus TCU. Old school Mountain West. So, yeah, for the brief moment, TCU was in the league. <laughs> I went with that because I think a pa- Washington will make the Rose Bowl for the Pac-12 um, being winning the Pac-12. But I also think USC will get to a big bowl game as well. And so it's like what happened last year where trickle-down effect, there's not enough teams. It's mm-hmm. actually, um, I think it's Pac-12-7. And so that's what we're doing here. That's how that works. And here's what we're doing really quick, just because I'm going to mention it now, just so we can, so when we go forward, um, the rest of the show you won't really know. You'll know what's going on this week and next week. We're going to break up each preview to its own little section. So up next, depending on how you're listening to this, you I'm going to make it tricky for people. because So everybody can hear the open, which is awesome, this part. You'll either hear, depending on your team, if you listen to it all the way through, that's awesome. That's great. But if you want to listen to your team, it might be your team next. It might be South Florida versus San Jose State. It might be a Colorado State, Oregon State. It might be a Hawaii UMass. I don't know. Because I'm going to pause right now. I'm going to the next preview. So if, if you're listening to just your team section, that's what you get. All right, the uh, final game of the weekend, which there's not only six, and we got three of them. San Jose State hosting South Florida. Top 20 South Florida. CBS Sports Network is where you can watch this game. We will have our San Jose State writer, Anakiu, at the game. So check her out on Twitter. Same thing, Anakiu on Twitter, K-I-E-U. So check out her stuff. She'll be at the game covering it for us, doing some articles. We'll have our preview up by the time you hear this, but is twenty is a twenty two point spread too big for this game? In favor of the Bulls, obviously. I don't think so. Why do you say that? I'm not Okay, so generally speaking, I'm not overly enamored of the Bulls this year. 
you know, we know that they're coming into the regular season as basically a top 20 team. If I remember correctly, they were ranked 19th in the AP poll the other day. They're basically being propped up as the group of five's front runner for the New Year's Day Bowl, which I'm not totally sure that I understand because I don't think that they're that much better than the the biggest contenders in the Mountain West. And by that, I mean Colorado State, Boise State, San Diego State, you know, all those guys. But, you know, San Jose State is, you know, a team that has a couple of nice players, but, you know, they still have some serious questions that, you know, if they don't have an answer for it on Saturday, this could be a game that gets really ugly by like halftime. I think part of it is you're right because there's a reason the Bulls are given a 75% chance to win and win by, I guess, advanced stats, say 12 points. But San Jose State's rush defense is terrible, as it has been for a while. And Quinton Flowers is their leading returning rusher with 1,600 yards. I can say that's kind of like that's like the the first question and the last question is how do you stop Quentin Flowers? Because, you know, more so than anybody this side of Lamar Jackson, that's a guy that could do it all. And, you know, we've talked at length about how rough San Jose State's defense was last year. Like, we know Andre Chachery's going to handle his side of the field. We know that Frank Ginda's going to be flying around making tackles. But, you know, this is still a unit last year that finished next to last in the conference and allowing about five and a half yards per carry and you know they were a little better defending against the run or against the pass but that was mostly because you know teams didn't really have much of an issue running against them so there's going to be a lot on the plate of the three guys up front you know owen roberts cellulose latu and bryson bridges you know roberts and bridges especially had their moments last year they both I believe had, I'm trying to remember how many tackles for loss that they had, but you know they're going to need those guys to play big. You know, um, Roberts, by the way, had eight and a half tackles last year. Bridges had five and a half. So we know that they can play. We know that they can make plays, and they're going to need to find a way to make a lot of them against a quarterback like Flowers. So looking at, I'm going to kind of go big picture here because I'm not going to pick San Jose State to win. But looking through like who they have returning and everything, I honestly, you know, why I think they're ranked is just because of Quentin Flowers, and that's all. Because not not nothing gets him. Clearly, he's like he's very similar to what he could do as Lamar Jackson does at Louisville, who won the Heisman last year. But here's how I could see San Jose State giving them a run or any team beating South Florida. They is okay, Quentin Flowers replicate 1600 yards where he doesn't return his best rusher from last year and Marlon Mack, they're gone. They had 1,100 yards. Maybe Dernish Johnson or Terry Stice could do something. I don't know. It's probably going to be Johnson at 8 TDs, 500 yards last year. Will he have 1,200 yards? Maybe, maybe not. South Florida loses two of their top three, right, two of their top three pass catchers. One was Marlon Mack, running back. They lose uh, Rodney Adams, 68 receptions last year. They have a lot of depth behind them. They lose two all-conference offensive linemen. There's, I I'm looking looking more deeply. I haven't done a ton of re, like well I've looked at South Florida clearly, but not like going through the depth chart as much or seeing 
a little bit more detail who they have coming back more than glance here or there. But I think they're ranked that high just only because of flowers. And if the Spartans are going to get a victory here, it's because their secondary is good enough when they do throw the receiving crew they have coming back. Isn't amazing. They're running attack. Yeah. We got flowers, but what if Johnson, it doesn't run the ball very well or some, what, like he's not as good as Mac was last year. That probably won't be an issue in this game for San Jose state, but how much are they going to want to rely on flowers to run and throw for 300 total yards per game, 400 total yards per game. See, I'm not sure that that's necessarily true, that it's all about flowers because they do have, you know, some guys on their defense who are pretty talented too, like Deatrick Nichols, who I believe you mentioned, you know, he had four interceptions last year and the year before that. And when you're considering a San Jose State team that still hasn't even named a quarterback for this game, you know, on, on the depth chart, it is Montel Aaron or Josh Love. And, you know, the way that it's kind of shaking out, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw both of those guys because they both performed pretty well in scrimmages throughout the fall. But, you know, you got a guy back there who can, you know, punish mistakes and, you know, make that kind of situation, you know, ugly in a hurry. But yeah, I mean, it's. I think the biggest thing is they're going to have to figure out how to replace Mac because you know, as good as Flowers is, he's not going to be able to do it all himself. Yeah, that that's my big thing. Looking through where's ways they may not, they're going to win this game clearly, but ways where oh, they might struggle here or there a little bit. But also remember, San Jose State's def or offensive line was what did they give up fifty sacks last year, a hundred hundred thousand sacks, I think. That sound about right. Yeah, six figures. Yeah, it was a lot. I remember the Utah game was like 12 or 13 total sacks. And what's this offensive line going to do against uh, South Florida? It's like, are they going to sack love four times or whoever's back there 10 times? Like the offensive line can't, it can't be much worse than last year. And that's an area where if they're going to have any success passing the ball or even moving the ball, they can't get sacked three times a game. That just cannot happen. And here's where San Jose State has some opportunities to make some move. They're running the running attack they have coming back. They have a uh, Brandon Monroe and Malik Roberson. That's a they're decent. Well, I guess Roberson or Ziggler as well. They have back there, but they have plenty of running backs. Where if they need, if there is an issue at quarterback, just maybe they could run the ball to open things up. Because without knowing who the starter is and how they were inconsistent, part of it was again the line getting chased every game it's kind of hard to find a consistency but if they could start off running the ball well maybe that could help out the quarterbacks down there because you know how it is you have a good running game then you have to respect that mixing a play action you find a receiver downfield and that if San Jose State's going to have any success that's what they have to do they have the talent at running back to move the ball but they need to have that offensive line actually get a push and not get pushed over by whoever South Florida brings I would definitely agree with that because you saw at times last year you know teams could assert themselves running the ball against this Bulls defense like the, the biggest example was when Florida State ran over them you know obviously the Spartans don't necessarily have someone the caliber of Dalvin Cook but you know even in American conference play last year you saw that you know Temple averaged over 6 yards a carry you know Navy averaged 5.8 yards per carry Memphis averaged almost 8 yards a carry you know there was a stretch last year where you know they really got pushed around on the ground by you know Navy obviously is a run first team but you wouldn't necessarily think of the Owls and the Tigers as being running juggernauts 
but they managed to do that last year. On the flip side, you know, you could see them shut down other teams like Central Florida, you know, South Carolina in the bowl game, UConn. Um, but I feel like the Spartans are somewhere in between those two extremes. You know, the hope, I think, is, you know, if you have those two guys back there, that you can be a little bit closer to the Memphises and the Temples than you are to the Central Floridas. Because, you know, if they had one weakness last year on defense, you know, the Bulls weren't necessarily great at stopping the run. You know, they were a little bit below average in the American Conference as far as yards per play allowed on the ground. It was right around four and a half yards per carry, which is, you know, it's not terrible, but it's not great either. So I think, yeah, if you know that, you know, your quarterback situation is a little bit shaky, if you have guys back there who you know can be efficient that can get you, you know, four and a half, five yards per carry, you're probably going to want to lean on those guys to establish some sort of traction early. So... What would you say? Like, let's get to score prediction. What? Well, um, before we get that, is that how you think they could win the game? It would it take just running the ball very well and maybe a couple of defensive plays for San Jose State, like short fields or maybe pick sixes. It wasn't necessarily something they were known for last year. You know, be able being able to create turnovers. You know, South Florida, I believe, was one of the better teams in the country as far as taking care of the ball. You know, Quentin Flowers didn't lose any fumbles last year, only fumbled three times, and he only threw seven interceptions. So if you're expecting that he's going to do most of the heavy lifting for this offense, you know, you're going to need the guys in the front seven especially to try to go after the ball. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I like the receivers that they have, that the Spartans have. I like Justin Holmes. I like Trey Hartley. I think there is definitely some big playability that you kind of saw throughout the scrimmages this fall. You know, even, you know, last week, Jeremy Kelly had four catches for 140 yards. You know, that I think is a little bit eye-opening. And if you can find a home run player two against a defense that I think is susceptible to it, you never know. So what's your score prediction for this one? I mean, honestly, I feel like the Bulls are going to win this one pretty comfortably. They're probably going to drop 40 points on the Spartans. I kind of see it as something like 40 to 40 to 20. We are very close tonight as well. I am going with 38-17. So basically, we're both saying they're not going to cover South Florida. Because that's a lot of points to cover. Sitting at a 22 right now. That sounds about right, yeah. That's pretty much our show for tonight. We discussed three games. and We went about, depending what section you're listening to this, a good 45 minutes on three games. I think, Matt, we're going to have to tighten this up maybe when we start talking 12 games. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're going to quick hits. And remember, the way we're doing this now, we have the full podcast as normal. We're also going to do, if you wanted to listen to just San Jose State, South Florida, we'll have that chopped up for you. If you wanted to just hear Colorado State and Oregon State, we got that for you. We'll do that every week because we've heard people who want to hear just their team. So you'll get that portion plus the beginning and the end. So hopefully that works for you. We let us know, right? That's what we want feedback. If you like that or not, leave us a review Please, on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, where else are we at? Blog Talk Radio. You can follow our page on there. Let us know how we're doing. 
Pocket, Pocket Cast. You got a Podcast Attic. Basically, anywhere you got a podcast, let us know, right? Yes. Give us a review. So we finally made it. The off season is done. It's complete. We're just, uh, depending when you listen to this, could be one day, could be day of, could be two days from now. Three games in the books. If you're a Boise State fan, if you're a San Diego State fan, watch some games. I'd maybe focus on watching South Florida to compare yourself a little bit. But know your enemies. Yeah, know you, well, I guess you're en- yes, know your enemy even though you don't play them, but get to know how they probably are overrated, I'm going to say it. That's me, Jeremy Moss, South Florida. Colin, you can come after me, it's okay, I don't care. Probably not listening, but that's Well, right. I'm also saying it. Oh. I, there you go, Matt saying it as well that they're overrated. So that's our show for tonight. Um, we will have a recap show Sunday morning. That's kind of our plan. So mid, depending when you get it on your feed, sometime Monday. And we'll be going Wednesday, Sunday. And we made it, folks. The season is here. Let's do this. And, yeah, we're biased against your team, too. <laughs>